Welcome to Becoming Legendary. I'm back with the freaking fantastic Joel Green. How are you, man? Doing great. How you doing, Patrick? <laughs> so good. Um, so really man. excited. Really, really excited to get to talk to you. Yeah, I got to say, I like the yin and the yang <laughs> of our of our hair. So you're growing it out. I did the. There's like this catastrophe. Just to just to start off with a total tangent at first, the catastrophe of do it yourself. This is like when I, instead of having a craftsman, you know, work on my hair, I'm doing it myself. <laughs> it's the same thing with like people going to Home Depot and working on their own houses, buying stuff there, instead of like having a master craftsman come in and, and do their floors for them. So this, this is unfortunately what I'm working with. You have a glorious mane, however. So congratulations on that. Well, that's, it's, that's I mean, <laughs> also doing it myself, <laughs> not touching well, it for yeah. two years. This is what happens. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, do you get the same, do you get the same, um, rewarding sensation out of doing your hair as you would doing your floor? Oh, no, the floor, the floor, <laughs> my gosh, we did our floors. Um, <laughs> when I was much younger, I would never do that now. I, I can tell you <laughs> it is much more, much more satisfying to have a professional, uh, you know, do something instead of doing yourself. That'll be a future episode, I'm sure. We'll, uh, uh, we'll tie yeah. it all together. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's one. So, so th that's kind of a perfect tie-in. You know, one of the things that I've really appreciated about getting the opportunity to do this with you is you are a genius. So when I'm working with a genius, I have to realize, oh, he's going to want to plan and things. I'm just a like, let's turn on the microphone and chat about things. And you're like, hey, Patrick let's talk about this and this and this. And I'm like, oh no, a plan. But I found that, um, I found that it's been really, really impactful in, in my life. Just thinking about, the, thinking about the, the topic of today, which is essentially Maslow's hierarchy of needs and why we should do anything at all. Um, and I found it fascinating. I found it fascinating because I really, I probably have not thought about Maslow since fourth grade or whenever I was taught the hierarchy in a, it, it, it's with me every day, right? Like it, these things are with yeah. us, but I haven't put effort into thinking about it. So thank you. You know, I have to go back and say, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a genius. Uh, I'm a, I'm like a scatterbrained introvert that has a hard time. It's easy for me to blank out. So it's like, I need to put together a list and to, and to like coalesce, all of the random ideas into some kind of framework that makes sense or else it is just <laughs> ranting, right? But yeah, this question of why should you do anything at all? I mean, this is, I think we'll definitely talk about more than just strictly, uh, you know, Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy, whatever that is. Um, there's so many ways to slice this. I think it's pretty important, uh, especially if you haven't examined it. I saw this headline today about how something like 34% of American household income is now supplied by the federal government. Now, whether or not that uh, statistic is, is true, what is, what is showing and what the, the scary uh, hockey stick chart kind of showed is that like in, in 2000, uh, this last year, you know, 2020, 2021, you have this massive spike of, um, of money coming into households from, from the government. And obviously people need that, but my gosh, when you're getting, when you're getting something like that, like it has never been easier than, than today in the modern world to simply coast and to simply um, follow someone else's program uh, and maybe you're helping uh, enrich them along the way with that. Uh, it, it's, easy to, it, it's easy to just have a, to have a job. Now, now I have a job. I, I love my job. I, I get compensated very well, essentially just to think a lot of the time, which is pretty amazing. But some people, certainly a lot of people can relate with this where you get stuck in something and you know that you're not really doing the most that you can. You know that it's sort of like a busy work type of thing. 
and, and you can do this, you can do this work where you feel like eh, it's not really contributing a whole lot. And yet you can go home to your, to your pad. You have Netflix, you have a couch, you have heat, water, indoor plumbing, food, where you can just roll into a grocery store and swipe a little plastic card or give them some pieces of paper. And then you get this food you, and you don't have to do uh, a lot to, to simply get all the survival needs met today. Now that's sure. a, that's a beautiful thing in some ways, because what it shows is that's a testament to, to the absolute abundance. This is like an incredible achievement of, of humanity and where we are right now in, in history. We're at the peak mm-hmm. of, we're at the peak of humanity. I guess we kind of always are, but right Certainly now. Certainly at the peak of abundance though. My goodness. At the peak of abundance, maybe not at the peak of like, uh, well, and like transcendence and uh, more esoteric things. We're, we're at the peak of, of material abundance. Absolutely. Sure. And so why should you do anything at all? Right. That is the yeah. question because it is so easy to not do that. And, and it's a modern problem. And I think probably what we'll, we'll get into here a bit is that um, your brain and your body know uh, mm. when when you're not, they're keeping score of when you're actually working, when you're trying to improve, when you are actively working to ascend and make your life better for you and those around you. And when you're just coasting and there are these synthetic, I'll wrap this rant up in a minute here. There are these synthetic um, versions of achievement. You can get your dopamine and your serotonin uh, virtually right? You can get that all from, from your phone and from the TV and all of that. And it sort of works to pacify your mind and your animal organism, but it also works to um, demotivate you and maybe even depress you to some degree, right? You look mm-hmm. at the amount of people hooking down pharmaceuticals, uh, people, people that are hooking down antidepressants and all of that. Like we have a real mental health crisis in the society and, and, probably some of that has to do with meaning um, and, and connection and all of that. So the question of why do anything, I mean, really we have so much abundance and it is easy to just coast and not do anything. So why should we, why should we do anything, Patrick? Well, so, so I thought the one of the, so I'm first off, I'm going to switch over to your pronunciation of Maslow, right? Oh, Maslow. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Let's take Maslow. Maslow. It sounds, it sounds more eloquent. Did I say V? I don't think I, I add a V. I don't know. Whatever. We can call it whatever. Yeah. The hierarchy. <laughs> okay. So what I, what I thought was really interesting is that when it, when I was presented with this theory, I think I was presented with it as a more as a theory of existence. And when, when Maslow love, whatever, however, we're supposed to say it, when, when he presented this to the world, he actually titled it a theory of human motivation. So why we do things, I, I think there's a, there's an awful lot um of reasons why we do things. I think our brain and our body, while they're both always perceiving, I think they're perceiving things separately and differently. Um, and I think if we take it all the way back to, to where you started, you know, if, if we, if we get to the point where we have essentially safety and physiological needs taken care of for us, where, where, where there's a breakdown uh, when we get into those higher levels of those, those higher levels of desire or potential desire, I think we're also at peak, we're also at the peak of humans forgetting their full, fullest potential. So we are at peak kind of consumption and also peak lost potential with, within the human species. And those two things existing at the same time are pretty likely correlated, right? Because it is so easy to fulfill a, a, a want, a need, a missing space within you by getting on Amazon and ordering some shiny object that will be here within 12 to 36 hours, depending on how far away you live from the Amazon Depot. And you, you will get 
12 to 36 hours of fulfillment out of that item that you order as well. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if you're yep. if you're relatively lucky, right? Like, but yeah. but it's really easy to just keep bridging those gaps with consumption. Just say, okay, I, I want something. I feel like I'm missing something. Let's replace that something with a thing. And then that thing gives me a bridge to the next time I need a con- to consume something to fill a to fill a missing space. And I'll order that again and it just comes in. And it's so easy to do. Hundred um, percent. And yeah, what a strange, what a strange trap it is. It's uh, it's golden handcuffs. It's a gilded cage, right? All yeah. those, all those types yeah. of sayings. Um, so, so back to back to your mention of how you were this hierarchy concept. You know, this was taught to you. You were exposed to this in in elementary school. I don't know if I ever was or not, but. In, in school, you're taught that there's this thing called extra credit. You can, you can do extra credit. You can get extra credit. Now, as soon as you're done with school, they say, well, get a job. And then extra credit goes away. You're told to just get a job, go through the motions, get home, have leisure time, and consume. And that's about it. And, and getting back. And so, so mm-hmm. extra credit goes away. And so you're going to stay at that level on the hierarchy of fulfilling your basic needs, you know, and maybe checking some of the boxes off when it comes to, you know, family relationships, all of that stuff. But there isn't a whole lot of messaging in our society around doing some extra credit as an adult to fulfill some of this higher needs that we all have. Um, And on that consumption level, I look at like consumption is thought of as this, um, like we're called consumers. The media calls us consumers. And I think about Yelp and I think about what Yelp reviewers, like there was a great South Park episode that satirized (laughs) Yelp reviewers. And when you actually try to do something, when you push yourself to grow and and expand out at those higher levels, it, it kills that Yelp reviewer in you. It kills that inner Yelp reviewer. Um, There, like I think about with consumption, um, I have some friends that are like really into to micro brews and they, they will talk about, they'll pontificate. And look, if you love micro brews, that's great. Everyone has to have a hobby. Everyone has to have like a niche and something they're into. I have all sorts of stupid things like that. Um, but it's so funny how we're, we're taught that like this epitome of it is that, Oh, well, what does this taste like? Oh, too much hops. Oh, you know, oh, these truffle chips, they don't have enough truffle in them or whatever. And, um, <laughs> and, and so actually going through that hard work of, of moving a little higher up that hierarchy kills that inner sort of entitled consumer Yelp reviewer within you. And that's a good thing because that brings some real humility to you because it's hard as hell when you get down to it to break through some of those habits and and build something, whether that's built cultivating something internally or, or like physically manifesting something in the world, like building a podcast, building a product or a service, whatever that is, it's, it takes some, it takes inner work to do either of those things or any of those things to ascend that hierarchy. Um, and, and that's something that we're not, we're not told to do. It is, frankly, it's much easier, uh, for, you know, for sort of the, the people higher up that are moving the levers and controlling this thing, if you are just passive and, yeah. and you're sort of at the bottom levels of the pyramid and they are at the top and you are supporting them. Um, and, and so it's, it's good to get out a little bit and, and see what you can do uh, to ascend that hierarchy. Yeah. So I want to just, I want to, I want to just briefly touch on what the, what the presented hierarchy was, which is uh, just yeah. really simple at the, at the bottom. And yeah, you, you see this presented most frequently as a pyramid, but um, also as a, also as a ladder. And I think I may like the ladder uh, more, but, but also you have to understand that there is some fluidity within the rungs of the ladder. So the, 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 each, each individual being may present these, these, these wants and desires a little bit differently, but at the base, the bottom layer, like the things that we, we, we all need, the things that we all need are, are the physiological needs. So food, water, 
and moving then up like the things that build our body and then moving up to the things that keep our body safe. So safety, shelter, you know, security within our, within our financial situation might be a part of that in nowadays world. And then um, as we move beyond that, we get into a belonging state. So something where you're part of a community, you're, you have love and affection and interaction with other humans. And those are really thought of as the, the bottom pieces, right? So those are the things that, that you're talking about are kind of, they're there and they're, they're easy. And then we get to, to transcend beyond that level. And when you think about those three, you know, we likely share a significant portion of, of those needs, wants, desires with every single every single uh, being uh, on this planet, right? So you look at a pack of wolves, they're going to have that physiological need. They're going to have that need for safety and protection. And they're going to have that sensing of um, a social hierarchy or social interactions where, where, where the human potential is, is there is when we get into esteem. So the, the feeling of self-worth and, 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 acknowledging gratitude for your, for your own being and then self-actualization, which, which uh, Maslow described as, as fulfilling human, fulfilling your full human potential. So we, we, we are, we are sharing, um, you know, the first three with most, I think, animal species on this planet, we, we can get down into, you know, it's possible that even even insects have a, a, a level of communication within them, um, depending on what you're looking at. Worms certainly have an, a, a level of of uh, community within within their their culture. So we share the first three with worms, at least. The challenge is we we as humans have a lot more capacity like we've we've been granted this opportunity for more. So what is preventing us from, from taking that step from, from uh, Venn diagram with worms, wolves, and rabbits to, to move on and, and take that white space where we have esteem and self-actualization, where we, where we start to, f- to feel, uh, we start to feel the sensation of, of internal gratitude and we start to feel fulfillment. I, I think there's an interesting, yeah. I think there's an interesting thing. Um, you know, when people generally think, I think it's my, it's my experience that when people think of self-actualization, most people, people in, in our culture are thinking of a, a Buddhist path. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Most people, whether they're kind of acutely aware or not, there's this, there's this teaching of this, of this Buddhist philosophy. And the way it's been taught to us is actually that we should remove desire that we should, that in order to achieve fulfillment, we pull out desire from our lives. And I think, I think it's a it's a misinterpretation of of Buddhist teachings. Um, I think that you know, uh, as a, an aware of a being as as Buddha was, he was certainly acutely aware of the fact that without desire, we cannot have existence. So he he I think would be would be frustrated with that teaching, and I think it, it you know I don't know how much of it's correlated, but I do think that the misinterpretation of the Buddhist teaching is certainly impacting the way people are are, are feeling about ascension to to higher levels of thought and self actualization. Yeah. So so Alan Watts has this great talk about how the one of the tragedies of the West adopting um, and becoming fascinated with Eastern mysticism, and and this includes, uh, you know, Hinduism as well, Buddhism, Zen Buddhism, Taoism, all that stuff. Is that is that you're taking on? Is that those systems are trying to liberate the people that are embedded in that culture? Um, it, you're, they're trying to liberate those people from the indoctrination and from the hangups of that culture. We have entirely different hangups in the West. Um, and so, 
And so there's something to be said for that. The, the whole thing about um, eliminating desire, I mean, good luck. So we, <laughs> so, so like part of this is like accepting, um, accepting what the heck you are. Like you're in this, you're in this meat suit. We're incarnated into this meat suit that has, um, that has systems like the, the serotonin system, the reward systems, all of that that goes back and has commonalities with crabs and, and so so trying to overcome some of this stuff is um is a fool's errand and it's it's probably better to, um, you know, going back to Alan Watts again, he, he has this great acceptance um, of his inner rascal and, and understanding that you need to, you need to work with, work with your desires, work with your temperaments, work with um, that goal seeking. lived and suffered and died to get us to this point where we are today at the peak of human history. And so are you really just going to coast? Are you really just going to like sit on your couch and watch Netflix and not try? Like it's very hard. The reason why people don't move forward um, and try to build something is that it's hard as hell. Like I definitely feel like, um, like I, I've learned so much and the, the learning has been painful because it's been through failure. And I still feel like I'm certainly not where I want to be. Um, and, um, you know, usually when you hear podcasts about this kind of stuff, it's from people who've made it right. And that's hilarious <laughs> to me. And that's good. Thank God they're there helping everyone. And that's been, some of those people have been brilliant virtual mentors, but I think it's also interesting to, to, you know, get, to hear from people who are still working through it and still trying to figure yeah. it out. And everyone is like, there's no, obviously there's no, there's no pinnacle. Even the people who have, you know, quote unquote made it right. They're still working. They're still challenging themselves. Um, Got to bring in a Bob Dylan quote. He not busy being born is busy dying. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to, you have to definitely keep working on moving forward because if you don't, your your brain, your little lizard brain or your little lobster brain in there is going to know that you're coasting. And, um, and that can be a drag for sure. Um, yeah. So, and, and, you know, getting back, getting back to that hierarchy and the lower levels, I think that, that 2020 taught us that, you know, if you have some anxiety in your life around those lower levels, maybe you should knock Maybe you should make some efforts towards that. Like everyone is so tied up in the virtual world and then they realize in the analog world, oh, holy crap, I need some toilet paper, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> so, so, you know, part of those lower levels can also be, and having some security there can be having a, working on building up a deep pantry, right? Working on building up a little bit of food. That's a brilliant thing. Maybe working on, building a pond, which I, I think I've heard maybe you're working on that. You have some aspirations around that, which is yeah. both something that, that works on multiple levels, right? Uh, maybe you can talk about that. Um, I, I would assume like you're working on something in the analog world, which um, is really undervalued if you're just in the phone all the time, which is so easy to be. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and there's something where working on those lower levels is really it is across levels. Like you said, there's some permeability there. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, one of the things, one of the things that popped into my mind, as you said, you know, it's so easy to get lost in your phone is that there's the phone really is a, a, a unique window in, into infinite experiences, right? Like we, there, there is a never ending possibility of, of the ability to see experiences through your phone, through the internet. But, um, and this is a thing, this is a thing I've kind of touched on before. It's, it's similar. It's, it's similar to, um, 
a psychedelic state in which you can kind of see different things, but you, you can't necessarily grasp them. You can't necessarily hold on to them. So you get this, like this view through a window of all of these really fascinating things. And it's really easy to just sit on the couch and watch those fascinating things happen. Um, so, you know, I, I think, I think what you're saying, it, you're, what you're saying is really desires there. So it's about shifting the desire away from fulfilling cravings and, and in towards inner fulfillment. And when you, yeah. when, you, when you shift your desire towards inner fulfillment, your life really does become an expression of joy. Like you, you know, as a, as a being, you've been through experiences where you've pursued things that were nurturing to your soul and your being. And when you're doing that, it's, you're, you are literally expressing joy to the world. And that frequency is going to be picked up by the people around you. And, and, and in the same way, if you're, if your desire is, is always directed towards fulfilling cravings, you're, you're really just, you're really just a pursuit of, you're, you're constantly in a pursuit of happiness. And that frequency that you send out to the, to the beings around you is also going to be read. And the perception of you is going to be very, very marketably different. hundred percent. Like, yeah, the dopamine addiction is so real and so pervasive. And like my younger son recently, he quit TikTok. I was like, oh, you're so on a good level. Like we talked about it for a while. I was so proud of him for doing that, right? Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll get back to the phone thing in a minute, but, but to, the, to the fulfillment part and, and seeking, instead of seeking uh, synthetic uh, dopamine hits, seeking real dopamine hits. I mean, I can think back, I'm sure it's the same for you. I can think back to like, building, building a product, right? Like the first time I remember the first sale I had of the jetpack. the first time yeah. I sold one of those things, I remember I was jumping on the trampoline, uh, with, with my younger son and, and my phone went cha-ching and I, I looked at it and I was like, and I use this as like a teaching moment for him too. I was so high from that. I was like, look at this, Noah, yeah. someone drank my Kool-Aid. Someone yeah. else thought it was a good idea to take, you know, a specialized cold pack and put it on their nuts. Like that was the most ridiculous thing. And, and so you don't have to, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to, whatever you're working on doesn't have to be the end all be all thing. People think that, okay, I need to work on this perfect thing. It does not have to be perfect at all. Um, yeah. You have to just start somewhere and make those mistakes, but something that keeps that keeps people from taking those first steps is, uh, is that phone. And there's something, social media is so tricky because it convinces you that you are lower on the hierarchy than you actually are. Yeah. So, so it used to be, so there's uh, Dunbar's number. He, he was like a, he, he based this on like anthrop- anthropological observation that tribes are on average, maybe 150, 200 people. Yep. If you're living in a tribe, you, everyone has visibility to what everyone else's contributions are. And everyone also has um, access to the chief, to the alpha, and maybe to the weirdo shaman in the corner, right? Yeah. So everyone, everyone sort of knows where they are. And it's, it's all proportional. It's, it, it's, like, a, it's like a bell curve. But um, what happens with social media is that it's not a bell curve. It's a long tail and then a spike. Yeah. So, so you're shown, you're, you're, prefer, you're preferentially shown people who are at the tippy top of the hierarchy, who have the most followers, who only see alphas all the time. And then you only see them at their peak when they're making this like perfectly curated thing. Yeah. And you might think, you might think to yourself, you know, analytically and rationally, well, I know that this isn't real and, but, but it doesn't matter. It still sinks into your brain that you are way down on the hierarchy when you consume that stuff. And that um, maybe you just shouldn't try because you are anonymous. You're, you're anonymous in a way. 
Um, And so unplugging from that, or at least deprogramming yourself and recentering yourself and cultivating some inner authority and some, some agency, it's hard as hell to do, but, but it's necessary and, and it's intentional work that that's really important. Yeah. The, the social media aspect of our culture, it's, it's so new, right. That nobody, nobody really has a grasp on, on how it's going to impact us. But, you know, and a thing that I, I think people that's important to keep in mind is, is most of those, most of those people with the million plus follower base, hundred thousand plus follower base, their only job is to take the one picture you're like, they spent 24 hours creating the one picture, the one, the one 15 second video clip that you're going to see. And because that is what offers them financial. It's like, it's the thing that keeps them going is this one thing that you, you spend five minutes on and you're, you're comparing your, yourself to this, to yeah. this, this master craft. It's like, if I went out and shot a movie on my iPhone and then I compared it to a Steven Spielberg movie, well, it's not going to be very good, but that doesn't mean that there's like not a remarkable amount of effort that I might've put in to making a movie sure. on my iPhone. And, and I think, I think you can also be really proud of a movie that you shot on your iPhone. Like it's ridiculous not to be proud of something you created just because someone else may be able to do something better than you. And I, I think that there's a thing you called out and it, it's one of the most fascinating things to me ever is you know, people want to be 100% perfect dialed in exactly ready to go before they launch something. And it's like, good, good news, bad news, bad news. You're never, ever, ever going to get there. Good news. You're never, ever, ever going to get there. So you're always going to have something you could invest into in whatever thing you're bringing to the world. It can always, always be better. Um, so if you're waiting for that moment where it's a hundred percent, right, a hundred percent perfect, you're going to wait forever. And I see so many people held up and waiting for that perfect moment that I know is never going to come. And that is one of the, it's, it's both one of the most fascinating and frustrating things that I see within, within the human experiences waiting for perfection. Absolutely. And, and so another, another devious Jedi mind trick that, um, (laughs) that this media plays on everyone and, and television too, um, is that you just see that final crescendo performance. You don't see any of the hard work that it took for those people to get there. And, um, and it takes, it takes an ungodly amount of time working on things. You might throw a thousand hours at, at one path and then you just have to totally cut that off and do something else uh, yeah. because you learned from that. You learned that it didn't, that it, that wasn't the path for you. So you only see the highlight reel. You only see the success. And, and then it's easy for people to let themselves off the hook. So it's easy. This is a real trap. It's easy to see someone else who's done something. You see all these people who are like just crushing it in your feed because that's what is fed to you. And you let yourself off the hook. You say, well, they're special, Mm. right? They're, they're better than me. Obviously look at that. Look at this filtered, amazing thing. Look at all they've accomplished. And there, so therefore there's something intrinsically special about them. And there's something Mm. intrinsically ordinary uh, about me and, and therefore I'm not capable and therefore I shouldn't even try. Um, and that, that's a tragedy because you, you're given on loan, you're loaned, uh, this, this brain, it's the most complex, you know, matter in the universe. It has more connections, more neural connections, right. Than anything else that we know of. You're given this thing for 80 years and to be where we are, where you have, you have the phone, you have the internet, you have this godlike access to information and then to just consume and be a bitter Yelp reviewer, um, <laughs> which I love, it's hilarious, is, is kind of a damn shame. Um, and, yeah. and like you said, it doesn't have to be some grand goal. 
uh, it, it can be, you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. And you're going to have to start with the smallest, most mundane steps. And I think we'll, we're going to get into that in a future, in a future podcast about like how, how does the actually do make steps forward? Um, and, and I think a lot of that, it's, it's a mental game at first, for sure. Um, and I'm sure you have some insights there. I have some insights there on what has worked to, to, to deliver us both to this glorious stature of where we are now. Right? The, the hilarity of, I just think it's so preposterous that I'm even attempting to give anyone advice right now. So I have, we have to put, I have to put that disclaimer out there as well. Um, yeah. Hilarious. So, yeah. I, well, so I think what's, what, what is, where the value comes in from our conversation is not, is not necessarily like, I think we've talked about this is not necessarily like, here's a path, follow me, but it's, yeah. it's more of like, here's a, here's a perspective from, from two people that are generally not that frightened to go out and try something. Um, I mean, you are genius inventor and I'm random weirdo guy. And I think, you know, those amazing two- storyteller, <laughs> amazing storyteller. See, we're, this sure. will be in the, another episode about <laughs> self-talk and programming your brain. But anyways, go ahead. But I think it's, I think, I think that the, just the, the fact that the fact that we we are more than capable, in, in fact, historically proven to be failures, right? To have gone out and failed at things is is really, uh, and we're both still here, right? Like, man, I have done I have done some crazy things, and um, some of them have worked out amazingly, and some of them haven't. But it, it's, it's a, I'm still like nothing within the failure experience changed me in a negative way. And in, in fact, it, it markedly changed me for the positive. Every time I find myself failing, every time I find uh, some situation in which I, I don't, it didn't necessarily occur or happen in the way that I, I wanted, thought or expected, given given the ability to be retrospective on that moment it, it's always it's always a positive it's always pushed me in the right direction it's always shoved me down the path the universal path that i was headed down whether i wanted to or not to be here yeah. right now uh, yeah absolutely that's that's great uh, i tend to be like more neurotic i'll say so like my self-talk. So, so if I have a, if I have a failure or a setback or even something that's happened very positively, but I view it as like, not as good as I wanted it to be, I have to work really hard and it takes time for me to process things. And I have to work really hard to just like stop hating myself in a way, like with the inner, the inner talk. And so, um, and I think a lot of people have that as well. Um, It's never been easier um, to fail. You've never had more security these days. It's fine yeah. to fail. It's essentially consequence free, but, yeah. but back to, you know, you mentioned history and I think about when I was giving some thoughts, like what we would talk about and, and Maslow's hierarchy, it's also a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And a mountain is used, uh, just everywhere, um, as, as something to look to as something to ascend. You look at people, they climb Mount Everest. Why the hell do they do it? I don't know, but they, well, they're searching for both a, a physical challenge and a, a transcendent spiritual experience that may kill them. And I mean, I, I was looking this morning and I was like, where am I going to find a symbol of a mountain? Look at this. Look at this. It's embedded <laughs> everywhere. You don't even think about it. I'm drinking what I'm drinking right now. I'm drinking your it. chaga tea right now. So yes, plug for sake, sacred plant company. Um, so you've got a mountain here. And the thing is, is we, through history, what we're trying to do is ascend. And my God, we've done, we've done a hell of a job of doing it um, historically. And, hmm. and here we are. And, and so, so seeing that, that there's something that the mountain and that, that this ascent is an archetypal 
motif and it's a, it's a hero's journey that you're on and you're going to have to battle a lot of things internal and external on that journey. You're going to have to, you can't outgrow your self-worth. Right. And so if you're, if you're trapped in, in, in comparing yourself to other people and comparing yourself to what you see on the phone, my God, you don't stand a chance. Right. Yeah. And this is where I think a lot of people are. They are in the, they're in the matrix. They're, they're stuck. It's been a long time, since, long time since I've seen that movie, but you're like <laughs> stuck in some kind of hive, like goo or something. I don't know. Everyone yeah. is sort of in a larval infantile, not everyone. That's such a terrible generalization. I'm just speaking about myself in like a, an adolescent state. And it's hard to push forward through that into a growth mentality. And it's just these incremental steps and recognizing where you're at and taking that next step. It's, it's interesting as you're saying that I'm thinking about, you know, societally, as, as a societal expression, we've, we've kind of, there's been an societal ascension. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder, you know, we're, it's such a new experience for, for the being that is human um, yeah. to, to have this, this societal safety net. Um, you know, yeah. the, the bounce back of that, the, the repercussions of having that, that societal lift on the individual being within the society, you know, it, it's almost, it's almost natural for, for it to be harder to want to ascend. You know, it's the, it's the freaking Rocky. It's the Rocky thing. It's hard to wake up early in the morning when you're sleeping in, in satin sheets, right? Like, there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, how the the fact that as as a society we've been lifted, the you know we, I think there's this there's this negative connotation around the like softening of humans, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know that I, I think softening of humans. You know, I'm pretty pretty pleased, pretty, pretty happy that people aren't going around bashing each other with clubs. Like we're not worried about a horde of people coming from over the hill. That's going to, you know, take away our lives and and take away our, our families. But at the same time, there's, it's, it's undoubtedly true that, that there is a, a, a separation between society and the ascension of, of human potential. And they, they seem like they must at least have some correlation and overlap between the, those two ideas. So if we're like, if we're, if we're an individual being with, within this experience, what is the, what is the spark? You know, what is the thing that we should be thinking about if we're like, you know what, I, I'm pretty happy sitting on the couch yeah. watching Netflix as long as they pump out a new series that I haven't seen. I get a little frustrated when I get to the end of the Netflix and I've like watched everything, right? But yeah. assuming we have an open catalog of Netflix available to us, what is the, like, what's the, an idea or spark that, that should push us off the couch if it's not inherent within us? Because yeah, yeah. I wonder, you know, one of the, and I, I, I want to turn this over to you, but I also want to ask this question because I think it's, there are, there are a lot of different archetypes of, of human beings. And, and, you know, one of the things that I have found and discovered that is within me is that I, I only, I generally only uh, connect to fulfillment through, through creation, right? Like uh, it does. And and creation can mean things that I do that are such failures. The world will never see them, but it's not unfulfilling to me to fail. Like I, I will try to build a chicken coop and it will turn into a pile of rusty nails and broken wood. But I enjoyed the heck out of the, 27 days that I spent taking a pile of beautiful Mm -hmm. wood and pristine nails and turning them into a pile of broken wood and rusty nails. Yeah. 
So, so first of all, let me go back for just one second. You know, it used to be that culturally you weren't even allowed to ascend in some sense. You look at like for the sure. Indian castes, the caste sure. system, you're stuck at your level. That's yeah. where you are. And then also you're, if you weren't in the caste system, you only lived to the age of 30 on average. Your life expectancy mm-hmm. was hosed. And so you didn't have a chance to figure out what was going on to any real degree before it was all over. Um, but to, okay, how to motivate people. Let's go to pain. Pain's a great one. So mm-hmm. first we'll go with a, um, another song lyric, this time from Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> and then one day you find 10 years have got behind you. No one told you when to run. You missed the starting gun, right? So mm. if you just project forward and think, okay, if I do nothing, if I do nothing different a decade from now, what is that going to look like? Maybe you'll still be happy with that. I don't know. But I think, I think imagining, envisioning future regret can be a good thing uh, for people or a terrible really thing. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to throw people under the bus like that. Another <laughs> one, just to get it real personal is, is my older son. He's, he's on the, he's on the autism spectrum and, and profoundly so, and to a degree where he's going to need help all of his life. And at first, I mean, the thing that got me into biohacking and, and, and that eventually spun me off to work on making these crazy, you know, different products and stuff like that was trying to, trying to help him, trying to make him be the the best he can be the healthiest and happiest he can. But, um, you know, you can only do so much, right? And, and eventually I came to this point of understanding, okay, um, he's going to need help his whole life. I'm, there's, there's no way in hell I'm going to rely on the state uh, to help with that or, or to, to make that be the primary, um, the primary support for him uh, once I'm dead and gone. And so I, I, better, I better get really serious about figuring out how I'm going to create a safety capsule for him and a, a really robust, um, you know, way to protect him and make sure he's good through his life. And so even if you don't have a, a situation where you've got a kid with special needs like that, your friends and your family, their hierarchies, they matter and, and making sure. So, so if you can't do it for yourself, Maybe you can do it for the ones you love and the ones around you because they're going to see your example and it's going to impact them both directly and indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. That I think, that I think is a really interesting thing. And I think if you tune in to your, to your subconscious sensory capacity in a way, um, and you make it just a little bit more conscious, you know, <laughs> one of the things, one of the things that I've been told ab- about myself is that there, and actually you, you've, you've kind of, um, called this out in a, in a little bit of a way too. There's, there's a, there's an interesting capacity for me to, uh, create trends within, within the world. And, I, I, I've kind of, I've kind of been examining why this happens. So there are certain like linguistic things that I will just, I will just create and six months, 12 months down the road, everyone is mirroring people around me, of course, cause it has to start there, but then it gets out into this, uh, into these people that I'm not around. And when it gets out from, from that world into this, into, when you go into a coffee shop and someone greets yes. you with a greeting that you personally made up 12 months ago, and you're like, what, how did this happen? That, that experience is, I, I really think is tuned in to the, the vibrational capacity of, of you as a being. And people are just picking up on your vibration. And I think when you're doing, when you're creating output, when you're, when you're looking to elevate, uh, there's a different frequency that, that resonates from you. And there's a, there's a certain magnetism that is attached to that frequency. And I think that is, that is a thing that, 
that, sh- that could really easily become a thing that's important to you is would you like people around you to resonate with you in a different way so that you can, you can shift and, and change their experience uh, for the better as, as swiftly and easily as possible. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's like, um, that reminds me, Patrick, of, um, of Rupert Sheldrake's uh, morphic resonance concept. And, and so basically what, which it's been so long since I've even thought of that, but but basically there are these observations in animals where, so I don't know if how real this is or not, this sounds like so tinfoil hat, but it's amazing where um, you have rats, you have a maze, you have a set design of a maze, you have the rats run the maze and, and it takes them, you know, the first time they do it, let's say it takes them a minute to do the maze and then they get the cheese at the, at the end. And the next time it takes 50 seconds and that's maybe kind of the, the shortest time they can do it. And then you have rats in a different part of the world, different rats run the maze and it doesn't take them a minute the first time. It takes them less time. And so, and this sounds so woo woo, mm. but, and, and, and all of yeah. that, but it, I think this gets at, at what you're talking about. Um, but with humans, it's more of an intentional thing. You're seeing what makes sense in that next step. You're, you're, you're basing it both off of the achievements of, of others, and but you're taking it to that next step. You're iterating it and refining it one more time to make it useful for the times we're in. And then people latch onto that. And that's, that's a fascinating thing to pay attention to. You know, people have, um, people have also recognized this with, um, with patents in, in the patent office. So, so the, the patent office, they'll get a bunch of, they'll get one application for a particular new invention, and then they will see um, more patents sort of flood in, in a very similar type of way. So people are both recognizing patterns of what needs to be na- made next, but they're also sort of, I guess, being influenced by each other and picking up on, on these different trends. And so to to pay attention to what it is that you're passionate about or fascinated by, or maybe even repulsed by, and it's something that you need to, to look into a little deeper, but paying attention to, to what you're interested in and then, and then asking yourself, well, how, how can I improve this? How can I take this uh, to that next level, both for myself and for those around me? That's a, a really fascinating thing because you're participating in this human project of creation and it's of, of creation of this, of this culture and widgets and technologies, both like physical, whatever, computer chip technologies, but also maybe breathwork technologies, spiritual yeah. technologies. To participate in that in a way is, is a beautiful thing. And, and the, the active, the, the separation, right? The difference between that animal world and and human world is it can be a conscious choice. It can be a conscious expression of, of who we are. And and that, that little, that little piece that seems or can seem fairly insignificant. The fact that we have the choice, uh, I, I think is the most significant thing that exists within the human experience is that we, we legitimately have the choice we can make a conscious decision to show up in our world in, in, in any way we, we want to. We, we, really, we really can, we, any, anyone, right, could, has the option, especially in our country, to pick up an assault rifle and, and go shoot people. And you also have the option to, to hand out bouquets of flowers to every being you see. And, and that is something, you know, your dog is never going to have that choice. It's just, it's not going to have that choice. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna have more fun. It's, (laughs) yeah, the synthetic, the accent, the synthetic and the virtual dopamine sources become unfulfilling you people burn out they burn out on those and their brain becomes insensitive and and unreceptive to those sources eventually and then they think there's something fundamentally wrong with them it's like no you're you're just living in 
in a culture that is spinning off so many crazy technologies and it doesn't understand or care about the consequences in a way. Um, And that seems, that seems to be part of the whole human condition. Anyways, we make things and then we suffer from the unintended consequences of them. But, but as you say, going out there and creating some, some joy, some beauty, relieving some, alleviating some suffering for people, finding a, finding a problem or an issue that sort of uh, scratches your own itch and, um, and working to improve the lives of others through your own expertise, no matter how small that may be. It's just an awesome thing. And it, and it just, I mean, just selfishly and hedonistically speaking, it just feels better. Like what's your other option? You're going to be dependent on the system and sort of become, it's just easy to become, I guess, entitled. And then eventually the real tragedy is to become bitter. um, If things, if you're just consuming and, and not, and my God, you know, I I consume all sorts of stuff, whatever. Right. But you've got to, you've got to balance that out. You got to balance out the long hair that you got. You got to, you got to consume some stuff too. Um, Yeah. And have that yin and that yang, or I'm sorry, not consume, build some stuff too. Have that yin and that yang. Um, And it is a beautiful thing to, yeah, to have some, have some joy and move towards, um, yeah, self-actualization. And and then maybe beyond that, some transcendence. I don't know if we were capable of touching on transcendence this time. Maybe that's a future episode. (laughs) Yeah. But this definitely ties into the, the virtual and the analog and the, the overemphasis um, of the virtual right now mm-hmm. and the de-emphasis of the analog. And, and that's something I think we definitely need to touch on um, later on because it is so fascinating to see, to see that play out uh, in all these different mm-hmm. ways. Um, yeah, yeah. You, get, you get a short amount of time here. Yeah. Do something amazing. Alleviate suffering. Yeah. Be awesome for people. Be awesome. Yeah. Be rad. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I think is fascinating, and I, I think we can, we can start to kind of wrap this up, but this idea, you know, of, of consumption as, as the path, right? The, the amazing trick within the human mind, within, within, within my human mind is it's very easy. Every single time there's a new shiny thing to be like, that's the one, you know, that, that right there is going to be the one. If, if we take a step back, and I think this is my, this is my uh, suggestion for you, for, 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 any, for anyone who's kind of interested in just observing, observing this experience, the next time that, that some amount of desire arises within you, give yourself a set amount of time, like 24 hours and just let the desire, just let the desire kind of live within you and and just develop a relationship with that desire. And then after that 24 hours, you can still click that same button and purchase the thing that you wanted to purchase. But when you start to like build a little bit of separation between desire and action, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of in inner workings that, that hap, that just naturally arise within you. So I, I would, I would put forth one thing, two things, I guess. Number one is like, it, it doesn't matter what you buy. It's never, it, you will never buy happiness. And that's like a cliche thing, but it doesn't have to be cliche because every one of us has done it. We've experienced the thing. We bought a thing that made us happy for five minutes. And then a year and a half later, not only does it not make you happy, you don't even know where it is anymore. It was like this thing you had to have more than anything else. And then it's, it's not even, it's not even a thing that you, that is in your awareness anymore. So I would, I would kind of put forth the question of, you know, if you, if you a hundred percent know based on, on your history of every single thing that you've ever purchased, not being the solution to, to happiness, enlightenment, and joyfulness, can you, can you just say the next time something arises that you must have wonderful, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait this set amount of time. And I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of live within the experience of, of having desire and, and start to reconnect back to that experience of having actual desires, not fulfilling every single desire you have the moment it arises and just see, see how that impacts 
the the life experience that you are that you are living delay of gratification is awesome it is so interesting i've taught that to to my kids um they have these like debit cards for kids now and and, and so that's an that's a fascinating thing to yeah to um deconstruct for them and, and to, to 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 actually be able to lay that on a kid when they're really young and be like look let's just i'm not going to judge you i'm not going to tell you anything but let's just pay attention to how long this makes you happy afterwards um it doesn't take people long to really pick up on what you're talking about there uh and to see the value of that and, and there have been there have been studies that show that you get nearly you get a ton of dopamine before you hit the buy button, when you're like, oh, I'm going to get this thing. <laughs> yeah. You get like 90% of the dopamine. And then when you finally get in the mail and you're like, yeah, here it is. You're like opening the box up and you get the, the extra 10% of the dopamine when you actually get the thing. Yeah. But 90% of it is already there just when you're imagining it. Yeah. And, and so, but we have that, those urges are at that bottom of the pyramid, right? And that's how, that that's how so much of you know society's motivations are run they're run off of those base urges and so i think what we've both the path we're we're both working on and kind of struggling through is is things that that fulfill us and that hopefully are good for other people in the face of all of these pressures out there these modern pressures and, and modern technologies that want to drag us clawing and kicking and screaming back down to the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll find ways to rise whether, yeah. whether society wants us to or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, this has been good. I, I mean, we've, we've covered so many different things in this. <laughs> I'd be wow. interested to know um, what people what resonated with people, what, uh, what people liked, what they didn't, what they want to hear about next, where they'd like to take this. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I thought it'd be interesting if people could reach out, maybe email us or something like that. If yeah. they want to get a hold, I'm open to just sharing my email. I don't care if I get too many emails, whatever. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't yeah, know how put, you are. Let's put that. your email out in the world. Right. Is that terrible? <laughs> Sign. <laughs> No one signed me up for any subscriptions or uh, spam things, please. Right? <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. So if people, yeah, if people want to reach out, I mean, so either uh, Joel at Primal Cold, that's a good one. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, let's leave it there for now. Um, yeah, Joel at Primal Cold, uh, J O E L. Uh, yeah. And I'll, I'll put How about that. You? I'll put that in the, in the show notes for you. So if you want to send an email to Joel, um, Oh, what about you? You're not going to, you're not going to get my notes. So (laughs) (laughs) I have to preface though. I have to say, if you email me, it is remarkably likely that I will not get back to you Uh, for weeks, but Someday I will likely find your email and I, and I, I will respond. So it's, it's PB at Vitality. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, it's, it's pretty likely if you're in my, if you're in my bubble, you've received emails from me. Um, but yeah, I, I think any, I, I will put, you know, one thing that, that I've, I've only touched on, um, in, the, in introducing you is, um, your, your, your creations, right? The, the things you're, you're actually bringing to the world and sharing with the world um, with, with Primal Cold and Optimus. So, God, yeah, we, we talk about that stuff later. P- yeah, people are interested. They can read the bio. You're going to put a bio yes. for me in the links. If they're interested, they, yeah, they can go to the websites, whatever. Well, I'm sure we'll cover that stuff later. But you've got to uh, check them out. That, that, <laughs> I think is, that I think is the interesting thing because it does give a, a really fun insight in, into, into your world. So, so reach out to Joel. Tell him, tell him what, what you're interested in. Reach out to me if you get that board. I'm around. I'll respond to you. Likely. People that know me very well will know. Likely I will respond, but it takes a long time sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Life happens. So we're all busy. Yeah. We'll do what we can. Well, thank you. I, uh, I, I have enjoyed the heck out of this. I can't, can't wait to do this through the next one. And, uh, yeah, if you have ideas and things you want to want to hear us, uh, ramble about, 
send them our way. Heck yeah. Turn 